This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, major schedule changes, danger, danger. Plus, Biz feels all alone. Teresa is still pregnant. And we talked to Janet Stickman about her essay series, To Black Parents Visiting Earth, A Love Letter, Life Guide to Raising Black Children in the 21st Century. Woo! How are you, Teresa? I'm great. You look like executive pregnant. Teresa's busting out the like... VIP executive <laughs> of a major company, like uh, a pregnancy outfit, in I'm my opinion. I'm wearing a maternity pencil skirt today. She is, guys, like a fucking boss. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you look great. Thanks. That you also, then you have this like cardigan on yeah. that's like all business. Okay. You're like all business. It was easy. I really think, <laughs> no, I really think that, like, our standards oh. for pregnant women are so fucking low yeah. that I said to Biz when she was like, wow, you look you look so businessy today. I was like, I'm wearing a skirt. Like, it's and, like, like applause, it's not easy. thunderous like, applause, yeah. balloons dropped out of the yeah. sky. Yeah, somehow she's not wearing leggings, <laughs> so she looks like a million dollars. She does. <laughs> she looks curvy with life. Uh, but thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I'm I'm growing a child inside me. I think I'm having, like, a, a, one of those, like, good moments of pregnancy. Uh-huh. Like, I just had my big... Uh, like ultrasound thing where Ooh. they do like all the parts yeah. of the baby and you can see everything and that was went great and was like so fun and exciting oh, and um, I just I, I'm in that like yeah, the glory days spot. like I'm in like that second trimester <laughs> like I, I have energy right now for some yeah. reason you're wearing a pencil skirt I'm wearing a fucking skirt <laughs> um, and also I'm just feeling good because Jesse's back from his tour, and I'm just really happy that that's over. <laughs> so, chapter closed. Yeah, the end. And he, it'll never happen no, again. No, it'll never happen again. He's never leaving again. Oh <laughs> uh, well, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Thanks. How yeah, are you? That, I oh, I'm not good. Okay, let's get into that. I am definitely having one of those. Uh, I'm very tired. Uh huh. And uh, I'm having one of those moments where, like, I'm really struggling as a parent uh, and I'm struggling as, you know, myself and just trying to find the balance. And I feel I was telling Teresa as I came in, I was like, uh, she was like, hey, how was the weekend? And I was she was like, I enjoyed it. And I was like, I just felt like every moment was just like trying to was like stepping on the next moment Mm -hmm. while simultaneously trying to catch up with the next moment. There Mm -hmm. was no like like I never feel like downtime with the with. Stefan or with the kids or with the work that I have to do and then to like to what makes that like worse is I am definitely now guys how long have we been doing the show right like how long have we been saying it is not true what you see on social media Uh but it is definitely one of those times where like every picture of my friends coming up on social media they just seem to be nailing it, and yeah. and I and that's great if they are. Yeah, like this is not no one's. I know no one's doing it at me. Yeah, but it's like, are you? Did you go fucking camping? How did you guys leave the house to go camping? Uh-huh. You know, or like, you know, they were at a park, or they're going on a bike ride, or they just everybody just looks normal 
uh-huh. and like not losing their shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like I'm just constantly losing my shit. And I've been like working really hard to not like take it out on the kids, uh, which like to like watch my tone and, and like try and be constructive with them. But I think there's like a flip side to that where you're just compressing it. Yeah. And so, like, totally. that has nowhere to go. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, all this just general, like, I feel very overwhelmed with the, like, president of all the little shit, like, right now. Like, you know, everybody's got a project that needs, like, a picture copied or photographed for, yeah. like, put on there. Yeah. And, like, there's a form that needs to be filled out. Or, yeah. like, hey, don't forget all your personal, like, dental appointments that you totally booked on top of and have to check. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just try. I'm struggling to keep up with just... The little stuff uh, that needs to be kept up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really, so like every time one of the, I realize that I haven't kept up with it or it slips, it makes me feel like worse. Right? Oh, just like, yeah. we're just like, why am I not getting help? Right. <laughs> you know, even though like Stefan's, you know, doing his stuff and like, you know what I mean? And like, it's just not enough. Yeah. Never feels like it's enough. Yeah. You know, it's is like. It, is it that you have too much on your plate? I, I mean, yeah, is that no, just I think it, I just you... have a lot on my plate. And uh, yeah, I just am. I'm like done. Mm. Like I, I am finding very little joy in it mm-hmm. in any of it. And uh, yeah, I'm just having a run of I don't really like this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah. No, I mean, what's to like? There, I mean, yeah. out of all the stuff that you have named, that's just a lot of shitty stuff yeah. that you have to deal with. Um, and I feel like, was it last week that you told me you haven't been doing self-care? Yeah, no like, self-care. No they self-care. Zero self-care. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, like, zero. And I, I cannot make it into... Like, does that just feel like something extra? Like, yeah, that it feels you, like... Like, another thing on your list or yeah, something? Yeah, so like, yeah. it feels like something extra I have to force to do. Yeah. Or if there's a time for me to do it, it's at the end of the night, guys. I uh-huh. don't want to do anything at the end of the night, but right. that also isn't Tired. self-care, right? right like, right. so, that's just going to bed. Right. <laughs> I know. In a way, going to bed is self-care, but it's not, it doesn't take the place of It's not emotionally restorative. No. You know? And, like, the weekend's just, it's just not enough time, even if we go into it saying, all right, you can have the mornings and uh-huh. you can do this. Just the next thing you know. Well, you've been using your you time for work. I yeah, mean, like, we're I working know. on the book. Like, I mean. I know. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, answer for you. I'm just, I'm. I'm saying this is so real. Like, yeah. We all know that, like, if you set aside time that's for you and that's t- that time is getting used for work, yeah. that does not equal happy mother. That's like, right. That right. just doesn't, you know. Make it work. It's not enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, so, I mean, maybe it's just that I'm stuck in a window right now where all of the things that I have to do are just monopolizing any downtime. Yeah. And that sucks. Totally. <laughs> That totally sucks. fucking sucks. Which sadly ties in nicely <laughs> to today's conversation, <laughs> which is when our schedules change, how much that kind of sucks. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. 
advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, on a very yes. uplifting episode of One Bad right. Mother today, <laughs> um, schedule changes. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know there's nothing permanent about parenting. Nope. Even children get older. So we all know, we all understand that. But that said, there are long stretches where how our day-to-day life operates in a schedule Mm -hmm. that tends to uh, stay the same just long enough that when it changes, it really uh, can feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And there are some examples of this would be things like the second nap goes. Mm Mm-hmm. Or all maps go, mm-hmm. right? Like, those are two great examples of, hey, I always had this time, and we yeah. scheduled the whole day around these things, yeah. and suddenly those are gone, yep. and n- now how do I operate as a person? <laughs> and and I think part of that comes from that thing that happens when you have a little baby, yeah. where when you suddenly start to get them on a schedule, mm-hmm. it's you get really attached to that. Yeah. Like, once you... Because it's so crazy for a while when they're not on a schedule, and I know some people don't do schedules with their babies, and right, right, that's right. cool too. But like, but you have, talking, but you, yeah, have you have a rhythm. You have a rhythm of thing, some kind. Yeah, you have a thing that you do. And like for people who do want their babies on a schedule, when you do get that, you're just like, oh, I'm doing this. I've got this, and it's a really great feeling. Yeah. And then it ends, and, and then it, it ends. like shifts, like yeah, pretty and soon I, after that, you know, <laughs> I like think the point of this whole conversation is going to be us and yeah. why it sucks because that's yeah. just it you get that rhythm you get that schedule whatever it is that becomes your normal mm-hmm. usually feels so great because it's giving you some sort of time yeah or break or right an ex- or, just, or at least an expectation yeah. of how your day is going to go right like, yeah uh so for for me what's going on is uh i've mentioned it as you all know ellis goes to bed really early he has always it's what like 5.30, between 5.30 and 6. He is currently, he'll be three at the end of November, so he's almost three years old. Uh, And it's just because the later he slept, the more he woke up in the middle of the night, the later we put him to bed. Mm -hmm. And so we just kept pushing back until we found the sweet spot where he, for the most part, slept through the night, Mm -hmm. you know, eight out of ten nights, right? Um. So we've just left it there. Yeah. And then he stopped napping really early. Which uh, also made it even easier to put him yeah. down at 530, right? Like, right. And yeah. he wakes up at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So this was our, like, most people have like an 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock kind of yeah. you know, window. If you look at schedules, if you go do yeah. that crazy, I'm going to search the internet for se- yeah. schedule examples. Or 8 to 7. 8 or, to 7, yeah. whatever. So ours is the 6, you know, same sort of thing. Yeah. And Katie Bell goes to bed around 8.30. Uh-huh. So the way our routine has been for a very long time is I feed Ellis around 4.30, he takes his bath, uh, and then he goes to bed. Like at 5.30, yeah. night-night, go to bed. Yeah. Maybe we've I've clearly talked about how I'll have to go back in a few times, yeah. but he stays in bed, and by like the third or fourth time, he's asleep. Yeah. Great. Then I have this like full... 30 minutes to 45 minutes to get uh-huh. dinner ready, mm-hmm. have a little downtime. Yep. Katie Bell's on the iPad. Yeah. Stefan gets home around ah, 6.30, 6.45. We all sit down to eat. Here we go. Yeah. And then Stefan takes over from after dinner and cleans up dinner and gets Katie Bell ready for bed. And I can go sit 
around 7 o'clock mm-hmm. and do any extra work I need to do, do my mm. email catch up, do all the stuff mm. that I don't have time to do the whole day because I have a kid who doesn't nap. Right. So uh, so that's what we've been doing. That Okay. Th- can I just say yeah. that sounds pretty good. It is. And it's full of you also doing oh. a lot of stuff. Like, none of that in there is you, like, and that's when I get to watch TV. Right, like, yeah, there's it's no. all, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it does sound, like, manageable. Yeah. But, like, every moment is accounted for. Yeah. So, oh, it is. Like, you're counting on that time. Yeah, I need that you time. You need that time. To get the next thing done. Yes. In the long life yeah. until I march to death of getting the next thing done. Uh, so, oh you know. Yeah, like, okay, I just wanted to. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, so. Yes. So, as one might imagine, mm-hmm. when that gets disrupted. Wait a minute. You're saying <laughs> that there comes a time where your toddler doesn't go to bed at 5.30 p.m. on well, their own? What's so funny, guys, is last week we did the toddler yeah. stay in bed yeah. episode. And I said to Ellis, ah, once or twice, the night we were, like, two, the night after we recorded the show. So, starting, like, Tuesday night. Ellis did the super nanny nightmare, got out of bed. It was like 30 minutes to 40 minutes of me, of him coming out, me picking him up and putting him back in. And then, it, and it, 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 guys, it was like did it go? every opportunity for me to make a horrible mistake, I did. I mean, oh. threatening, taking yeah. toys out, lovies, yeah. then not sticking with it because that right. seemed absurd. Why right. would I take this? And then, yeah. and then threatening the thing again. And then, like, yeah. and then, like, it just. But that by the end, I just stopped. And uh-huh. when Stefan came home, I was like, "There's a t- that our kid is awake, yeah. and I'm at this table eating dinner, yeah. and I'm ignoring all this as if I've as if I've lost my mind and I right. live in a madhouse. Right? Yeah. I'm just eating my dinner like everything's normal. Yeah. And nothing, in fact, is normal. The going only thing around better me. would be if he like wasn't also like wasn't wearing pants. Yeah. Also and, like, wasn't wearing pants. Or just like writing his name and shit on the wall. Yeah. Or and, just had like a dirty face. Right. Like, like my <laughs> yeah. my comment would be, look, he can spell his name. Yeah. Right. You know, right. like. Yeah. So yeah. I think at one particularly dark moment, I yelled at Stefan, I'm leaving. I'm going outside. And, and like I turn and I come back and I'm like, <laughs> like okay. I do everything in this fucking house. Yeah. I do everything. And if this is about to be my fucking life, like this, this yeah. insanity of taking him up and putting him back in bed, this will times, not yeah. be my life. This Ooh. will not Ooh. be my life. I was, I was so crazy. I was like, this will not be my life. He will stay up all night watching movies until he fucking falls asleep. Yeah. I don't give a fucking shit. Yeah. And I walk out the door. Yeah. Stefan brought me dinner and wine and said, just don't come back in the house for a while. Just oh. take some time. Um, so. Good job, Stefan. Then I regrouped. Good job. And we decided we're just going to move his bedtime. Okay. It's clearly his schedule can't be do his normal schedule and then get up and have second dinner. Right. <laughs> Go back that to makes bed. Sense. Yeah. So we're pushing him. And the the moral of this is not that we changed we changed his <laughs> schedule. That's great. He's now staying up. Three to five o'clock sucks. He's a fucking like tired. (laughs) Then he gets a weird second wind and it's okay. Yeah. And he eats dinner with us. And we're going to talk about some good things that have come out of Uh of this. But I want to, I want you to talk about your experience too with this kind of thing. I just want to say for me, the big stress was how am I going to make this? How do I reevaluate how I'm using the time to get dinner? Like, uh, 
is, and what am I doing with this extra two hours of the day with my son, right. who's normally asleep during this time, yeah. right? Like, um, and that I'm about to sacrifice my me time. Right. That's about to go. Or, yeah, also your work time. Yeah, my work time's gone. Because if, that, if that's not be- happening then, it has to happen some other time. Right. you don't know when that's I don't know when be. that is. So, yeah. like, the new schedule, I, I, we're yeah. going to see tonight what the new schedule is given that we did a bunch this weekend uh-huh. with everybody eating at 6. Uh-huh. But Stefan won't be home till six thirty, right. so we're gonna do that thing I said I didn't want to do, which is it's me having dinner with two kids and right. Stefan walking in to yeah. either eat by himself or to put the kids down uh-huh. while he eats. But either way, I'm cleaning or dealing with kids right. until eight o'clock. Yeah, right. So yeah. I want to get into like uh, what, to, yeah. to the downside of these schedule changes, but yeah. but uh, make me feel better. By telling me that you had this experience. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing that's happening right now for us, which, I mean, it's a similar thing. Like, we're not—I think it's a little bit less, like, the the transition yeah. is a little less defined. Like, mm. yours was just, like, we had this whole thing, and now that's out the window. <laughs> in like, two days, you have to change it. Yeah. yeah. And mine has sort of, like, inched in this direction where— from around the time that Oscar was, like, for the last, like, six months or so, this has been happening where he's just not tired till 9. Yeah. Like, he's just not. So, because he does nap during the day. He gets up at 6, 6, 6.30, sometimes 7 in the morning. But usually, like, 6 or 6.30, he takes a big old nap at school. Yeah. <laughs> or with me, he takes an hour-long nap. But one way or the other, he's still really not tired till 9. And wow. so... Um, we do still get him into bed yeah. by like eight because um, Simon's tired. Simon yeah. doesn't nap during the day and he's tired. So we get the boys to bed around eight. Sometimes they don't make it into bed till 830, but it's around eight, 830. And then Oscar is just playing in his crib and bouncing and talking and doing stuff until <laughs> nine. And he's um, he's pretty independent about going to yeah. sleep but he still needs me multiple times like he's still calling for me right. and I still need to go in and he wants water or he wants this or that and um and so I'm not done until 9 yeah. sometimes like 9:15 9:30 which whatever that's just life but what's happened at the same time as that is that Simon has started kindergarten and which so which is a big one right and the big the big difference is and I'm totally going to I mean, I'm so spoiled in that for the last five years since Simon was born, you know, Jesse and I work for ourselves and I've been able to make my schedule so that I don't take I wasn't taking them to preschool till 930, yeah. you know, and so they would go to preschool at 930. So I I had a few hours in the morning with them and I'd be kind of getting us ready and they'd be playing. Yeah. And it was just it had a different energy about it. And there was time. basically. Yeah. And um, now Simon has to be totally ready to go, you know, by 7.40 or whatever. Um, which, again, I know people are... So, no. There are families who are out the door at 6 a.m. Like, I, I'm not complaining about 7.40. No, but I do 740, think but, I, this is true for so many people I know okay. in the sense that the shift from preschool schedules where yeah. there was more flexibility yeah. uh, to kindergarten where there you have to be there you just you're tardy have to be there yeah i mean this yeah. whole is very it, that's a reality though for lots of people okay thank yeah, you so i'm yeah. not i'm not you're not like living in a bubble no i don't okay. think you're an asshole with this thank this, you yeah so it's like so it's a combination of that it's you know an hour and a half earlier than it ever was right plus it's exactly what you said they have to be they there. have to be there and if they're if like if i'm running late back in the day it was like yeah i was running late for work 
work or something, and that was my problem. Right. But now it's like Simon suffers if I'm late. Right. So, um, so, so the combination now of him needing to be up earlier and ready earlier and Oscar going to bed so much later means that oh. I, you know, it really feels like the only, and I, I mean, Again, I'm like, I'm hoping for eight hours of sleep here, which right. I know there's plenty of people who only get six or five or right, whatever. Right, right. Like, I'm not trying to complain about that, but I'm just saying, like, the time that used to be the me time, whether it was quiet time yep. in the evening before bed, or, you know, whether it was doing some work or just reconnecting with Jesse or right. cleaning up around the house or whatever. Um, just having that time or sometimes in the morning, just a few minutes to sip my coffee yeah. before people woke up. Like those are kind of gone now because we've inched. We've inched into later into the night and earlier into the morning. And this is where we are. This is it. Yeah. This is, I think, the crux of it. Yeah. And this, I, this is really what I think it is. Again, I, and I wonder if it's just... A weird phase before they get old enough to be a little more independent and I you get to so. regain some of it. Yeah. But, like, they're really – what I feel like right now as the night – as there's this new nighttime and these kids yeah. are up when they weren't up to begin yeah. with and I'm up later and blah, 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 is I feel like a parent – Oh, yeah. You know what I like mean? You feel like a parent all the time. Yeah. Like, you never like, just feel like a, a yeah. lady. No, this is you You're are just parenting parent right now. All this is the time. Yeah. You are like a fucking yeah. sitcom. There yeah. are children up. Yeah. You are only mother. Yeah. Like, that is it. Yeah, yeah. There is, of course, there's, there are children up at night. Of right. course, you're they live cleaning here. up and They're, there's yeah. dinner and putting to bed and yeah. like, where all else are they going to go? And it's yeah. not like, and so that's what I want to say is you can't be like, I'm the asshole. Other people do this. It's yeah. that everybody comes to this at different times. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, of course, I know half the people I know have been doing this very thing, with, yeah. you know, forever. And other people are still on the other side of it where they're like, my kid goes to sleep. And yeah. he wakes up really late. And yeah. I can take them to school. Without, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's just, it's such a defining moment, it feels like, for me. Where, like, it's like that first time you're, like, home with the kids by yourself. And you're like, right. this is parenting. Like, right. I am a parent. Yeah. Or, like, the first time me. they're yeah. sick. You're yeah, like, yeah. I am parenting. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or whatever. That is this, like, the new, the screwed up routines. Yeah. And uh, that never, your day that never seems to end. It feels that. And I think what's really hard, and, I, and this is why I think it causes so much stress, at least for me, is I don't think it's something that we recognize is going to take away from us like while i think there are there's some really nice things that are coming out of it for example for us right now like the time with ellis right there before dinner has actually turned out to be really sweet like he's so interested in cooking so he helps me with stuff mm -hmm. and he's we just haven't told him that dinner there are choices if you're gonna this is what we do yeah. now you've seen behind the curtain you see what we do after you yeah. go to bed you sit at the table and the dinner that's put in front of you is your dinner. So we're not even doing the like, choices. Uh -huh. I make sure there's a variety of stuff. Like, that's cool. So he's trying new stuff and he's oh, okay. eating stuff. Like, I mean, we're having... And Stefan gets to see him yeah. at night, which is really nice. Like, yeah. So there are these really... And do you not have to do the 4.30 meal with no, him No, so now? I'm not doing so the 4.30. Yeah. So something. I mean, uh, it's what it's like, then you have to fill that time some other way. Right. But like, it's one less extra meal job for you. Yeah. yeah. So like, there are some really positive things. Mm -hmm. But simultaneously, that doesn't make up for the fact that I don't have that time to sip the coffee. I don't yeah. have the time. Just like you're saying, like, yeah. my, it, it's gone. Yeah. And I think we have to recognize that that sucks. It totally sucks. It's it. It's 
it takes a toll when you don't have that time. Yes. And so something has to give. So, like, basically, you need to find that time elsewhere. Somewhere. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, no. if it's in your day, if it's, you know, getting more childcare or getting more help from your partner to switch off a full day on the weekend or, like, some, like something has to happen. Yeah. Because this is not... What you're describing, Biz, is, like, the... It's like you're literally going work kids, work kids, work kids, housework kids, work kids, housework kids, work kids, housework kids. Like That's, it's like everybody's not doing that. No, no, <laughs> we're not. I mean, like I will, I will, I will just say, like I take time out of my work day now. Like, yeah. I just do because I, I just do. I, I know that that's not I'm not saying you should do this because I understand sometimes you can't. Or right. sometimes it takes time to figure out how where that's going to fit in or how it could possibly happen. Right. I, I totally get that. And and that's why I feel like I, I really don't want to be the person saying, well, you just need to do that. But right. what I'm saying is I am doing that. And it's it's something where, like, I have to work on juggling it and I have and some weeks it doesn't really happen but if I if I make it a priority it does happen and I don't I don't feel guilty for doing it like anymore like whether it's just like a lunch break that is like a full hour that's just for me that I I'm like sitting at home and I'm making something for myself and I'm like reading the news or I'm like you know what I mean like listening to a podcast like it's just it's it's like it's actually making it you know a line item and like it has to come it literally has to come in somewhere no I agree because it you get you know the guilt you know, I feel like I worked through the first several years of dealing with the guilt of taking it. Yeah. And then we all know the, like, oh, you're so far gone, it's hard to imagine doing it. Yes. You're just trying to figure out how yeah. to do it. Yeah. And then, or it's the things are so busy, this is just the week it's not going to happen. But then that spirals into, and then this is the week it's right. not going to And then this is the week it's not going to happen. Right. And I know that it's becoming, like, like it, you know, Ella steps on my foot now yeah. or pushes me or something. And yeah. it is, like the end of the world right. for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just yeah. like, I need just yeah. everybody is climbing on me at yeah. all times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't definitely. know. That'll be, that'll be the goal. Uh, because it's, it, you know, I, the thing about changing the major schedules and how disruptive they can be, specifically if we want to be totally selfish to our personal time mm-hmm. and to and to what gives us comfort, whether that just be the very fact that there's a routine or uh, any time that we may have to sneak in when our kids are, once we're used to that routine yeah, for ourselves. Right. Um, That's, I, wh- sorry to jump in. Yeah. I just want to say that is actually important because when you're in the middle of the transition, yeah. Sometimes you're so tired from like just cognitively adjusting yes. to all the things aren't as easy, things aren't natural. You have to think about each step new now yeah. in a way that you didn't before because we were on autopilot a lot right. before. Once we get on autopilot with the new routine, I feel like those moments yes. will appear. Yes, like, yes, I do. agree. That's yes. what I was thinking is that like you got to get through this because, yeah. you know, the problem with changing the schedules as well is you may have to change them three or four times until they work, right? Yeah. Like Because Ellis, right. even though True. we were putting him down later, he's still he's getting still out of getting bed. Up. Right. You know? And yeah. like that hasn't solved anything. The right. only thing that's different is Stefan is now home right. to do it. And I flat out yeah. said, sorry, you are... Yeah. You are the punishment. I mean, not that you're, I hate that you're being put in a position where it's not mama, it's papa. Yeah. And that 
to me, it feels like you're being made into like, well, you have to do it or your father's cat. Like you're making you into some sort of, and he's like, I don't feel that way. And I was like, great. So yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yes. We have to adjust to the schedules. We have to be aware that it's going to be super selfishly (laughs) disruptive. (laughs) And then once those get back to normal, find the new normals. Yeah in there yeah. that are for you. Yes. And until then... Be nice to yourself. Oh, I was going to say don't run away. Oh. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Movement Watches. Movement Watches was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. Movement Watches start at just $95. They look like and feel and work like beautiful watches that would be like, I don't know, like 500 bucks at a department store. They have classic design, quality construction, and styled minimalism. You can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com slash mother. It's spelled M-V-M-T watches.com slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I think people may remember that I use, like, the world's loudest sound machine for my kids. Like, I got it when Oscar—I didn't really use one when Simon was a baby, but when Oscar was a baby, I got one because I knew I had, like, a loud toddler in the house. And it plays, like, the ocean sound. But the volume goes up really loud. um, And it works so well. And then when they were sharing a room, I would use it with the two of them. And we've just been using it, like, forever, like, since Oscar was born. And so Oscar's almost three and Simon is five. And um, I just was not, it was like not registering that this was like, it could be any sort of issue. Like I have to bring it with me to <laughs> yeah. pack on trips. Oh, yeah. I have to like always be aware that, you know, we need to have that even like for one night away. It right. would be like terrible not to have it. And um, over over the summer we were away with uh, my family and my sister was there with her baby and they have a sound machine for their baby but it's it's like one third of the volume of ours like it's it's like and it's totally reasonable but it's like I blast the right shit out oh of my, yeah 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 and um and so like my family was making fun of me for that and I was and then like Jesse was like are they gonna like grow up to be like people who can't sleep, sleep without with like yeah. a fan or like a something and I was like oh I don't know. But actually, what kind? Of, so then I started thinking, like, should I like start weaning them oh, off? Of this? The like, worm of disruption yeah, in your I? brain. I know. Ah. And so, but then I was like, well, because part of me was like, fuck that, I don't care, it's yeah, working. Good. 
<laughs> but when we were on vacation, like we were up in the mountains and there's something like actually really yes. magical about the silence in the mountains. Like when you sleep and yes. like all you hear, I mean, it's, it's, I love that. It's yes. like, it's like a very nostalgic feeling for me. And it's just, it's, I feel like it's something that it actually made me sad that we weren't that we weren't hearing it, but also that my kids wouldn't know that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I made a decision right then and there. We're doing this. We're going to just stop using the sound machine. But it's easy because the volume is adjustable. So, so you're just slowly taking it I down? I just gradually took it down. Nice. I took it down over the course of like two or three weeks, just little by little. Yeah. Never noticed really a problem with it. At this point now, we're using it. It's so quiet. Yeah. It's more just like an indicator that it's bedtime to them. Yeah. But it's so quiet that like it's not filling the room with sound yeah. at all. It's like very, very quiet to the point where um, we had an overnight at my parents um, a couple weekends ago and I didn't even have to bring oh, anything. Wow. And I knew I didn't have to and it was completely fine. Wow. Like, and I and I just feel like I did it. That's I like good. You tra- you made a transition. You I did. took something away from your children. Yes, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> good job. Yeah. That's great. So I've been feeling a lot of guilt recently that maybe I am a helicopter parent. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I am. I mean, I'm not like extreme, but like, I do feel like maybe I haven't let my kids do some stuff that they're totally capable of doing. uh, Okay. Maybe. Right. Like, so I gave each kid, I went to the dollar store, Uh really the 99 cent store here, Uh uh, and I bought two toolkit toolboxes uh-huh. I mean, the whole this all cost me thirteen dollars okay two toolboxes I put in the Ellis's was a little different than Katie Bell's in terms of what went in uh-huh. but both got screwdrivers a level uh, a lock with a key uh-huh. a zip tie a million zip ties uh, for Katie Bell she got some wire um, and I'm gonna put a, ha- I had a hammer already for her at home and we've put all in some like clamps and just some general stuff and they've been playing with it nonstop for like oh. three days, trying to screw stuff and not screw. I'm like, legitimately, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to jab themselves with right. this yeah. screwdriver, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but it just, they've really both enjoyed, like, Katie Bell's just been dragging around, like, her quote-unquote engineering kit, which is just literally nothing that you could engineer with. Yeah. Uh, like, in purses or boxes. So I just, like, everybody has a toolbox, and they've been playing with those zip ties, Forever, you have That's to keep awesome. an eye on him so it doesn't zip tie his finger. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, uh, they've been engaged with it the whole time, and it was so cheap to do. And I feel good because they're like using tools. Yeah, and I'm not stepping in and telling them how to use them. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was just like an easy thing to do. That's really cool. Yeah, I felt good. Great. Yeah, thanks. Hi, one bed mother. I'm calling with a genius moment. This was. A genius moment we had a really long time ago, and I'm just now remembering it. Uh, so I apologize in the lateness of my call. <laughs> but um, this was back, but I was now about 14 months old. At the time, she was like four and a half, five months old. So this was during that sleep regression when she just was not sleeping, like at all. And it was terrible, and we were moody, and, and it was bad. Uh, this particular night, she did sleep. And it was great. Nothing we did made her sleep. She just was sleeping. And we were really happy. We went to bed. And about 3 in the morning, we hear this loud bang 
and we both wake up. We go out into the living room, and we see a big, fat fucking raccoon eating the cat food. She had bit, she, he, I don't know, got in through the cat door, and now we're up, and our kid isn't up, and we're upset that we're up. And then we realize that because our kid has not been sleeping for so long, except tonight, that we haven't had sex in, like, forever, and now we're both awake, so we had sex. And it was genius, and it was great. And we silently thanked that damn raccoon for waking us up <laughs> to remind us of that. Okay, thank you. I named this yeah. raccoon sex. Yeah. Gen- genius so slash good. raccoon sex. It really takes a turn. You don't it, expect. You didn't expect yeah. that that was what's going to happen. No. But I love that, like, you suddenly wake up and your kid is asleep. The genius is, like, changing gears, rallying, and having sex. Yeah, like seizing the moment. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we have a moment right here. Like your young, hip, gift, non-children, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was genius. Yeah, great job. Good job. I hope you've had sex at least once since then, (laughs) which was apparently 10 months ago. Yes, but you do not have to call us and let us know. It's it's okay. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Oh, man. So this, okay, in my haste to get my kids out the door to school on time, this is when Jesse was away and I had to get everybody out the door, um, and I was rushing and I was just being an asshole. (laughs) And I was like, it was that thing where, like, Simon had gone out the door. We were, like, finally getting out the door, running late. Simon's out the door. Oscar, I finally got him to go out the door, but he's, like, standing too close to the door for oh. me to be able to come out as well and lock, pull the door oh, close yeah. and lock it. And so I'm, like, go, go. You know, I'm kind of, like, push, like pushing him with my hands, like, a little bit. Like, yeah, go, like, nudge, go nudge, ahead. Nudge. Like, go, yeah. move, move ahead. Move <laughs> down the path. Like, go to the gate. But I just, like, pushed him too hard because I was, like, rushing, and he totally fell. Oh, he fucking fell. He was fine, but, like, it was – he didn't even get hurt, but, like, it was so sad. Like, yeah. I was like, go, 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 and, like, pushed him, and he just fell over, like, on his face. Like, oh, God. I mean, it was so bad. It was just, like, my worst fail Yeah, it's pretty bad. It really bad. That's bad. And then, of course, I was really late because then I felt like combination of, well, now I have to comfort him. But also I feel so guilty that I really have to stop Stop everything, everything. sit down with him for a minute, like do all that. Whatever. Oh, Teresa. It was terrible. I am sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Awful. I know. (laughs) Well, let's see if I can top it. So in the course of uh, failing at being president of more than I should be uh, president of, I just... Never RSVP to my sister-in-law's baby shower. Oh. Even though it was on the East Coast and they oh, knew I yeah. wasn't coming. Yeah. The, I should have at least fucking RSVP'd. And we didn't send anything to the shower. Mm. And like, Did the I, shower already happen? Yeah. Mm. Like I saw like on Facebook, like I saw like a thank you on Facebook. And I lost it. Like yeah. I got really, I was like, I cannot believe we missed your sisters, you know. Baby shower, we didn't RSVP, we didn't send anything. And Stefan's like, we didn't have to send anything to the baby shower. We'll just send something to yeah. her. And I was just like, no, that, that's like incorrect. That's like incorrect. Mm-hmm. We should have. And like, this is like one of those things where I like the weight of feeling like I'm helping manage, you know, like what's my role as the, you know, in the family and like who should I, how, you know, like yeah. where's my responsibility? Am I in charge of this? I, I just... Yeah. 
I felt really bad about oh, it. It's her so, first so baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just was. I just, it just, I just wasn't even aware. I know. And I, I hate being in a place like where I, where after the fail has happened, you're like, oh, that's an after. Yeah. Like, I'm not aware that I have failed until yeah, after. It's I just, yeah. I feel like I'm just drowning everybody. I'm just drowning. Yeah. Hi, Susan Teresa. I am not sure if this is a fail or a mom rant, but I'm just going to kind of let this unfold. If it sounds like I've been crying, it definitely has because my four-year-old came from the bathroom with her hair in her hand. Um, she politely asked me to leave so she could poop. That's pretty normal. Um, and I decided to continue to feed um, my eight-month-old when she showed me all the hair in her hand. And it, you know, not only did she dye her hair, but it's just the whole front of she has not no bang structure, and she's like trying to put it back on her head because she doesn't understand. And she cut her my little pony's hair. Really incredible what a four-year-old can do in, like, a minute and a half. And, I no, this is definitely a fail. I fucking failed. And I don't really know what to do. I just, I did call my sister first and cry and, like, really put her in a weird position because she had nothing to say because what do you say except for you're doing a good job, which is what she told me, but fuck, holy fuck, my kid doesn't have any hair in the front of her head. It's going to be really fun to explain when I take her to the doctor tomorrow and I feel like they're going to put in their chart, like, negligent mother lets child cut her fucking hair off her head. Thank you. I actually feel like a lot better now. Um, <laughs> thank you. I love you guys. You guys rock. Oh, fuck, I failed. I... You yeah, are doing a good job. Are, Here's yeah. the thing. Hey, it is it, technically I would say this falls under fail. Yeah. Uh, because it is something that feels like you, you somehow failed. messed yeah. up and you didn't. Yeah. Do you know the number of times and these are not even calls, people yeah. that I know oh, out yeah. in the world at the oh, preschools yeah. and stuff yeah. whose kids are cutting their own I hair. I cut my yeah. hair, my sister cut her hair, yeah. my cousin cut her hair. Yeah. We used to all cut each other's fucking hair. We didn't <laughs> learn. And we would never learn. learn it would happen yeah. again like every year. Yeah. Somebody would do something really stupid. They'd be like, oh, I want, I, I don't want bangs anymore. So they I'll would just cut, cut off the bangs. Their bangs. Yeah. I mean, it was just. The worst. This is just. Yeah. And uh, two, uh, Teresa has an idea of what a four-year-old can do in less yeah. than a minute. Uh, hello, yeah. water hose in the mailbox yeah. slot. So you are doing okay. Hair, hair, hair does carry a lot of weight. In yeah. terms of just emotional weight it that does. we all have, it does. but it is gonna grow back. It is, yeah. And little girls look adorable in hats. They do, and they can have short hair too. Like you could yeah. probably take her to somebody. Yeah, somebody probably knows somebody who's really good, like really talented with kid yeah. hair, and could probably like fix it up. Turn really that nice. stuff into something amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if not, new style. Yeah, new style. Now, you why don't you go get yours done to match, yeah. and then just proudly walk down the street and be like Mother Daughter Day. Mom, I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone.
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas.com. Bombas youth socks have been newly resized and formulated to hold up to the extreme behavior of today's renegade youth. These things are tough, but also soft and comfortable. And if your little one outgrows or wears through his or her Bombas kid socks within a year of purchase, they will send you a new pair the next size up free of charge. It's like they've never heard of kids. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, Plus, for every pair of socks that you buy from Bombas, they are going to donate a pair to shelters across the United States. So go to bombas.com, that's B-O-M-B-A-S.com, and you'll get 20% off four or more pairs. And if for any reason your kids don't absolutely love Bombas, you'll get your money back. It is that simple. Teresa, let's call a mom. Great. This week, we are talking to Janet Stickman, who is an educator, author, and performer. Professor Stickman is the founder and facilitator of Broken Shackle Development Training and the Black Leaders and Mentorship Program, and currently a professor of humanities at Napa Valley College, teaching Africana Studies and Filipino American Heritage. Her books, Crushing Soft Rubies, A Memoir, and Midnight Peaches, Two O'Clock Patients, a collection of essays, poems, and short stories on womanhood and the spirit, have been used in courses at several colleges and universities across the country, and we are going to have her here today to talk about her latest blog series, To Black Parents Visiting Earth, A Love Letter, Life Guide to Raising Black Children in the 21st Century. Thank you for joining us, Janet. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Biz. Pleasure to be on the podcast. Well, we're, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, it is a very powerful series of letters, but before we get into that, I want to ask you what we ask all our guests uh, as a less invasive and awkward way of <laughs> finding out more about you. Uh, who lives in your house? Um, it is my husband and I and our eight-year-old daughter. Oh, my daughter's seven. You're in the sweet. Maybe you can answer a question I was pondering last week on the show and daily in my okay. life. Uh, there is a. It's totally normal for your your daughter to uh, suddenly become incredibly rude for what seems like no reason and for a weird period of time, and that that will go away. <laughs> every every now and then, we we uh, you know we are caught off guard by a couple of things that that she says, and we're like, okay. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, um, is that what you meant? And you know, anytime we stop, she's like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And then so she'll rephrase things. So, um, yeah, I, it it happens. She's in general, she's been great, uh, really, really respectful. Um, occasionally, she may slip, um, and then it, it seems to be one of those things where she doesn't realize what she said was taken in a certain right. way unless mm. that's just a very unless it's just a very sly cover up it's it's, it's difficult to tell sometimes cuz the kids are super smart <laughs> slipping out of trouble so <laughs> but i like that like is that what you meant i like that like that's giving a- kind of like giving them a, a second chance to like <laughs> as opposed yeah. to my response wanna- mine is like what did you say what did you yeah. say excuse me excuse me yeah, did sometimes you just- i'll say that too <laughs> that's for sure that is- is for sure. <laughs> okay, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, not a lot, but a little, a little, like all parenting <laughs> makes me feel okay. Um, right. All right. Well, let's let's get into into this series. Uh, I, given the title to Black Parents Visiting Earth, uh, a love letter, life guide to raising Black children in the 21st century, I do not think I have to spend any time explaining. <laughs> 
what these letters are about. It's <laughs> in the title. Um, but I want you to take a moment as we get into it. I, I want to talk a little bit about what led you to start writing this series and and let's just start with that why 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 did you choose to start writing this um i knew that i was experiencing a lot of things in raising um uh our daughter and i wasn't exactly sure how to articulate them mm. um and i i felt like okay i you know, I've been writing for a while. Um, I knew I wanted to empty it onto paper, but I couldn't get it out just in like my own personal journal. Um, I would jot a few things down and it, it, I just couldn't get all of it out. And so I, I happened to, I think it was around 2000, uh, early 2015, maybe late 2014. I, um, was reading the work of Kiese uh, Lehman, How to Slowly Kill Yourself and Others mm-hmm. um, in America. And I was really, really moved by by the book. And it kind of unlocked this this thing within me that was like, you know what, let me write a, you know, a series of letters. And it didn't come to me right away. It was like, okay, I, I want to write these letters. Do I want it, it, I think the next step was format. Do I want to write them directly to um, my daughter, or do I want to write them directly to parents, black parents today, or you know something else? And somehow the idea had come up, uh, you know, just the idea of writing to parents, imagining if parents were descending mm-hmm. upon Earth and have no idea what's going on. Um, on this planet, um, you know, what would I say to them? What would I say to prepare them for life um, here on Earth or specifically life here in the United States? And um, I think it gave me it gave me a bit of, of distance. Yeah, um, that was it, what it, I was going to ask you. Yeah, there's something so fascinating yeah. about the letter to. Yeah. 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 That distance, it, I think, is a really great word. I was trying, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it definitely helped a lot, you know, because it, it, um, it, it helped me, if I were to write directly to um, Black parents today in a formal, official sense, I, I felt as though I would be, you know, pretending to be an expert on right. <laughs> Black parenting, and, I, and I, didn't, <laughs> I, I, I knew I wasn't that, and I would never want to profess to, to be um, that that type of expert, because I, you know, a lot of what I'm learning is, in the midst of clumsiness, in the midst of a lot of different emotions, in, a, in the midst of doubt. And so I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> so if I don't want to do that, do I want to write it directly to, to my daughter Hyacinth? And that could have worked too. But then you know, sometimes, you know, you know, people can, you know, readers can peer in, but sometimes it feels, uh, you know, like, like they can't completely experience it right along with you. Mm-hmm. And I felt, well, you know, if I was writing to, you know, just kind of imagining this whole scenario of, you know, black folk coming to this planet and really having no idea what to expect, um, what kind of um, guidance could I offer? And, you know, I wanted to be real careful about that, especially in the first letter to, you know, make it seem like, yeah, you know, I have some valuable stuff I can pass on that hopefully can save you some time and some heartache and all of that. But um, I, I, I wanted to, I was hoping that it could be a prompt for, um, 
these parents visiting from whatever galaxy to say, you know what, um, there may be some other perspectives um, from other ends of the world that, that you know, can shape our understanding of this, this planet that we're about to um, visit. Well, it also, so, it also gives the reader... The, the earthbound reader, as it were, <laughs> it gives yeah. it gives the reader permission to also be on the outside, to read it as to be that person, that parent coming from another planet, it, yes. it, which is which is a real gift because you use that word distance. And I, again, I think it's this right word as uh, for readers to be able to, again, kind of step away and now read it. Uh, 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 yes. which I think mm-hmm. is is really interesting. And I think so much uh, that, that can happen, we, you know, it happens in any discussion. Whenever you're talking with anybody about anything, especially stuff that's really difficult, is it's hard to listen sometimes because you want uh-huh. to talk <laughs> really right, badly. Right. You want, yeah. I, I'm doing yeah. it right now. I want to talk real bad. And <laughs> But the letter format really gives both listener and writer a chance to step away from those those sort of roles and and just be just listen i i guess yeah. uh so mm-hmm. um it's really it it really is such a unique way to to write it is there Thank you. Well, I, it, uh, you're welcome. Thank you for writing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just got to enjoy it. I had the, the super easy job. Um, uh, another question, while we're talking about it, given your uh, your experiences as you've been writing this, is ha- as you have been writing these letters, um, has how has that affected you as as the writer or as the listener? I mean, do you go back and reread these and become a listener on some level? Um, what's oh, that process been yeah, like for you? Question. Um, yeah, you know, I, um, these, these letters, at least the first five first uh, came out in 2015, the mm. latest of which came out maybe um, early 2016. Um, and so thanks to, to Mother Magazine, mm-hmm. uh, they did a reprint and that has allowed me to reread things, see how much, you know, still applies, um, how much needs to, to be adjusted and, and whatever. And I think that process of doing the slight tweaks has um, prompted me to, you know, think about, uh, I guess, read it with a different set of eyes, different mm-hmm. set of, and, and listen to it, you know, from a different vantage point. You know, <laughs> it's funny, some of the things I seem so very, very sure and confident about, hmm. even just a year ago, I'll read it and go, whoa, I didn't realize I was I was feeling that way. Wow. Um, or, you know, I'm feeling a little bit different now. Um, or I'm feeling exactly, you know, just as passionate yeah. as I was, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, a year ago. Um, I think one example was the hair thing, because, um, you know, when I had first written it, I was in the midst of, you know, doing the, the um, hair workshops for the school that uh, my yeah. uh, daughter was going to at the time, and I, I was really, I, I, I was pissed. I was so yeah, I, I well, yeah, no, that uh, it is, <laughs> it is incredibly clear. First, the so people who haven't read the letters yet. So first, tell us about, tell us a little bit about that particular letter and the projects you were doing in relation to to hair at the schools. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I um, since 
writing that letter, um, she has switched schools. And so it has been, you know, a huge, huge, you know, relief uh, for myself because, you know, she's in a now in a more diverse, mm. um, ethnically diverse school uh, with a number of students that have hair just like hers. And so she's not as much of a anomaly. You know, she's not as much of a you know, object of curiosity as she was at the previous school that was predominantly white. And so she hasn't over the last uh, about a year and a half now at this new school. Um, she hasn't had people, you know, touching her hair and and you know using you know really disrespectful words and and things of that that nature. Um, and at the same time, my husband and I we've made sure that she's in you know more and more environments where her hair gets affirmed. Mm. Um, and so we may we'll we'll seek it out for sure. Um, but then we're also finding that there are different instances things that we haven't seeked out that are just that end up happening and we're so excited about. Um, for example, um, just the other day, yeah, my uh, daughter had, had sprained her, her knee. We go to the doctor. The doctor happens to be um, half Jamaican, um, half Mexican, curly um, hair like, like our daughter's. And on on her way out, she's like, isn't this great? You know, all of us got curly hair. And, <laughs> and I just, I thought this was you know, a really important thing for, for my daughter to hear from a physician, you know, right. from a professional. And, you know, it wasn't planned. And so in any case, there have been more and more uh, instances of that, that sort of thing happening. And so it's, it's not so much that I don't feel the need for continuous education around black hair, um, African-American textured hair, things like that. Right. But at least in our school context, it hasn't been as vital or, you know, as, as immediate. Not to say that I, you know, you know can't, well, actually I have uh, volunteered to, to do similar workshops, but uh, a year ago, it was just like, I, this has to be done. There are just far too many moments where, you know, Hyacinth is, is trying to, like, <laughs> defend her hair. Um, and, you know, I had to give her, I mean, as you, you read the essay, I had to give her language around that, that it was, yeah. having, it was happening so much that, you know, I, I had to give her some language. Um, and then she was also physically defending herself when people still didn't honor what she was telling them not to do, you know, don't touch my hair, still insisting on, on doing it. And so, you know, she, you know, had, she had to physically defend herself a, a couple of times. And, and my husband and I, you know, affirmed that. One of the letters, it focuses on just the violence that's happened to people of color in the months of June and July. And it includes, mm-hmm. and, and, and what's remarkable is you wrote this letter like two years ago, almost two years ago. And now you're updating it a little bit, but it's, it's basically, you know, it, apparently you could have written yeah, it. it still applies. Still applies. Right. Uh, but it yeah, also includes yeah. an incident that happened to your husband, and you end it yeah. by telling black people visiting Earth <laughs> to not come now. It is not safe. Yeah. And yeah. it is incredibly powerful. It, it makes a letter like that one, one that feels like it should be the big takeaway of all these pieces. But I wonder if it's not the letters about... Uh, the language and culture surrounding hair or the fact that there are, and we've, we've talked about this on the show too, the lack of, of children's books for people of color. Yes. And the moment, let me uh-huh. tell you, the moment you see it, 
You can never you can never unsee it. You can never go into mm-hmm. a library or children's store ever again and unsee it. So for the, I guess I guess the question is how do you want these letters do you want them as individual pieces or as a whole to leave the reader? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that anyone picking up, uh, well, anyone reading any of these essays, eventually it'll come out in a book next year. So if they pick oh, up the whole collection, I, I would imagine they can turn to any of the letters and get something from it. And and that that's, that was my original hope, that there's this way in which the each of the letters um, can kind of stand alone. What was interesting about writing the, the terror piece is, uh, you know, it kind of acted as a, a time stamp uh, of how I was feeling, how our family was feeling last summer. Mm. And, um, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the letter, I, I really... You know, I I was numb. You know, several several weeks had gone by, and I hadn't I hadn't said anything. I barely put anything on Facebook yeah. or on Twitter, and and you know how it's kind of, it's pretty much customary when you know a big event happens, and and you're a journalist or you're you know uh, a writer of some sort, you're gonna you know release something right away, and I I I couldn't. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what to say, and I there. The, the teacher in me was thinking, you know, I have to end with something hopeful. Um, hmm. And this is kind of like personality, too. You know, friends and, and you know, students, uh, family who know me, they know me as a really, in general, hopeful uh, person. But I wasn't feeling hopeful, <laughs> um, especially, you know, when we're looking at all the things that were happening on a national level, uh, global scale and then you know it's coming into our home and my husband is is telling me what has taken place and you know and where it has taken place and you know not too far from our home and you know he's frantically trying to call me and you know I call <laughs> call him back you know maybe an hour later and um you know all this stuff is has happened and I just thought Okay, you know what? What does this mean to you know for us as as a family? Because um, we were, in spite of all of our efforts to create a you know happy, secure, um, you know fulfilling you know home environment um, for all three of us, but most certainly for for our child, you know, we were still feeling very unsafe, you know, very you know vulnerable, and so um, I. My hope was that I, you know, conveyed that in that that particular letter, um, and and truly, if I were to encounter again a parent coming from another galaxy, <laughs> they really really want to be here. I, I felt like it would be my responsibility to warn them, yeah. and so that that letter was was very much a warning. the The tricky part is that the the fifth letter, which will will come out later um, on on uh, Mother Magazine, but it came out on my website on BrokenShackle.net. Before writing letter number five, which is on dolls and, and how to find mm. dolls and how difficult it was to find black dolls and all those sorts of things, um, <laughs> I, I kept on looking at the letter on terror. I was like, wow, did I write myself into a hole? Mm. Does this mean this is the end of the series? Because I'm telling people, don't, <laughs> don't come. come. Don't come. <laughs> Screw don't dolls. Come. Screw dolls. Don't come at all. Don't even worry about them. You don't need dolls here. Just go go to a different planet. 
Right, right. If I'm telling them not to come, this must mean that I have no other instructions for them, no other letters. And I knew, you know, in a realistic sense that that wasn't the case. I had in my head, I had all these other topics that that um, I had firm plans to write about everything from, you know, from from mixed identity to, um, you know, the need for being affectionate with our children, you know, seeing images of yourself in in television or, you know, on in on the, 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 the uh, product packaging, whatever it is, um, you know, education around LGBT identity and what that would sound like and 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 you know, the homophobia within the black community and, and wanted to make sure, hey, you know, this is how we undo that for our next generation so so that doesn't get, you know, passed on. Um, I, there were all these different topics that I knew I wanted to write about and still needed to make sure that they ended up in the series. So um, I just sat down and, and did it. The first one is, you know, was the dolls. Um, I have yet to to complete the the rest, which will be completed um, uh, by next year. But my my hope is that it's something that can be taken. That the individual essays can be taken as as a standalone, but it can also be taken as a complete series with the one on terror just being one of of several essays, as opposed to a definitive one. Plus, we want anybody visiting our our planet to to want to yeah. come you know yeah and that's right that the that you know i didn't want it to just end with all right don't come and you know because nothing will ever get better here yeah. I, I didn't there's a part of me that that's like you know as 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 distraught and hopeless as you know i will often feel especially as each different yeah. uh, murder you know comes to to the 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 limelight on on um, the different media outlets i am someone who believes in in change you know in, in our case it's something that has to be massive you know structural changes that need to happen on you know the legislative mm-hmm. and um you know law enforcement our judicial system, all these sorts of deep, deep structural changes need to take place before we can say that we've made progress. We can say that we honestly do honor and and um, uh, respect the, the lives of, of black people in this country. Um, so I, I think that that change can happen. Um, and I'll use the words of one of my mentors, um, uh, Ibrahim Ferajaje, that had talked about, you know, what has taken centuries to to build in terms of uh, systems of oppression and um, colonization and, 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 you know, various sorts of, uh, you know, enslavement. You know, what what has taken centuries to build will take centuries to undo. And, you know, I, I wish that wasn't true because it's it's frustrating for it's a frustrating timeline you know, <laughs> it's a really yeah. frustrating timeline i'm not gonna be around for centuries i'll be around for you know hopefully one century yeah uh, but even then the last decade of that century i'll be tired right. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know it's it's one of those things that you know it gives me hope for the, the you know my active years where I'm, I'm doing stuff in the classroom and the community and whatnot, but 
um, it it also puts a certain perspective on things that you know I can't ever think that you know I'm going to be saving the world or that we can save the world in the here and now. I think the most what I share with my students is that the most we can do is is chisel away at these systems of oppression, try our best to dismantle them, um, and leave behind seeds for the next generation to to um, pick up where we've left off. And I and I think you know much of the work that we do right now, you know, we're you know we're picking up where the previous generation mm-hmm. has has left off um, and doing it in our own way. And yeah, and so. Thank you for for writing these essays, and uh, thank you for joining us today to talk about them. And we're going to make sure that everybody, all of our listeners, should be reading uh, mothermagazine.com anyway. But uh, (laughs) we will link everybody up to the series of letters at mothermagazine.com. And uh, Janet, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you so much, Biz. I really appreciate um, you reading the letters and just the the conversation around it um, and, and, and the questions, because they've really uh, prompted me to kind of think of them in a, in a whole different way. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. I'm Jesse. I'm Jordan. And we've been doing Jordan Jesse Go for almost 10 years now. And it's not gotten any easier to describe. So we asked our fans to do it for us. Jordan Jesse Go is a weekly conversation with two best pals, two hilarious friends, the hilarious smart kids talking about hilarious stuff that happens to them, mostly really stupid stuff, awkward anecdotes, insane tangents, heartfelt stuff. It's like being thrown in the middle of a hilarious conversation between you and your best pals. It's a show that makes me laugh every week, which is pretty rare and wonderful. It might be the best thing on the internet. One of the funniest things you will hear. And it's the best part of my week and has kept me company for the past seven years through all sorts of life. I love those guys. That's Jordan Jesse Go, the comedy podcast that's been named Best of iTunes. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite podcasting software. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. The great questions of your life. The great questions of your life. Should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Put ketchup on a hot dog. Toilet paper. Over or under. Toilet paper. Star Wars, Star or, Star Wars Trek. or Star Trek. Fear not, my friends. Fear not, Mark my and friends. Hal always reach the definitive answer. Simply listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Pacific on Maximum Fun. Fine. We Got This. Your better self is right around the corner. Namaste. I am so glad she came on the show. Yeah, me too. Um, she, uh, the letters... The essays are, they're just remarkable. So we will link everybody up to uh, the series on Mother Magazine, as well as to uh, some of her other works, including her blog. Yeah, that was, that was when, that was great. You know what we should do now? We should listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hey guys, I'm calling with a rant because I'm hitting a wall and I just can't do it anymore. 
My baby is nine months old and has learned this really terrible, like, scream, cry, moaning, angry thing. And even if she isn't actually angry, it's just so loud and it just... There it is. And I just can't hear it anymore. She's in bed. She's clean. She has a diaper. All of these things are taken care of. She just doesn't want to be left alone for like 10 seconds. And she's not even... Alone, she's just not in my lap. <laughs> and either I've spoiled her to death or I'm just doing everything wrong. But I just don't know what to do. And it hurts my head. And I'm just done with it. Thank you. <laughs> For the show, I'm waiting for the next episode to bring me a little bit of happiness. But okay, lots to talk about here. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. I kind of okay. want to start with the screaming uh-huh. because Ellis yeah. made that noise. Yeah. Ellis had that noise, and you're right. I hear it in your voice. I cannot listen to this noise anymore. And I get it. And, and like, there's what stinks is there's very little to do than to fucking find ways to cope, whether that's putting on music, whether it's having a really big glass of water, which seems like the opposite instinct of, like, having a good glass of wine, but, Mm -hmm. like, a good glass of water and... You know, do you know what I did not want to do? I did not want to strap that baby to my chest. Mm -hmm. But I did it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did it because I needed peace with that noise. Mm -hmm. So that noise and that stress you're having, that is real. Two, spoiling. You never spoiled your baby. Or that it's anything that you've done. done. You've done nothing. No. This is not something you can control. Your baby's nine months old. You You cannot spoil a baby. No. Teresa and I, it falls under the vaccines and like hitting kids. You cannot spoil a baby. Right. Guys. Right. (laughs) There's there's a few things that where we can answer the questions. And that is, you did not spoil your baby by loving your baby. Yeah. Okay? So, So this is not your fault. No. And... It will stop. It will stop. It will become something else. <laughs> but it doesn't mean there's anything that you've done anything wrong at all. Mm-hmm. Okay? The last thing I wanted to talk about with this, before I monopolize this from Teresa, is I think that this plays into something that we, we were talking about earlier. And that is, especially with brand new babies, um, and you first find yourself there as a parent. Uh, and I, I think... There is this assumption that we make for ourselves or we make about other people and then that gets placed on us because we feel it from other people that we are instinctually able to become incredibly uh, patient and (laughs) incredibly like 
like absorbent of our children's like you know like yeah. like, like suddenly it's really easy to become selfless totally. that's what it is it's yeah. that suddenly you have a kid and going from being an individual who could make whatever decision they wanted to for themselves at any point in time to suddenly having to take care of this this human being yeah uh, who doesn't know how to be a human being yet and, and needs, totally needs you and totally and you have to be selfless and like immediately there's no like slowly into becoming <laughs> selfless you have to be selfless like right out of the bat yeah. and, and then no, continuously and then continuously like, like, there's no like breaks in <laughs> oh the, yeah. phew yeah. I don't have to be thoughtful yeah. or considerate or giving of all of my personal time yeah. but I don't have to worry about coming second again right like and there's this assumption and this pressure that that's just some natural thing that oh, happens totally. I, I don't think that's natural for anybody no so it's a really difficult time in figuring figuring out what you're supposed to be able to do. It's really yeah. hard. It is really hard, but it's and it's also really easy to fall into that feeling of like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. This is bothering me, but it wouldn't bother someone Somebody else. else. Like and all of that is bullshit. It That's is. just like your brain feeding you a tone <laughs> your brain feeding you like a ton of lies yeah. and it's 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 a distraction from what a great job you're doing yes. and it's just the challenge that it is and you are facing that challenge day in and day out and you know how we know you're doing it because you just are yeah. like that's because that's just what we have to deal with that's like, right if you, and if you need help if it's getting to a place that is legitimately too much this was around the time it was getting to be too much for me and i had to go get some help mm-hmm. for for me uh, because of postpartum, which did not go well with the noises that Ellis was making. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I then do that. And yeah. that is not a, a sign that you've done anything wrong either. No. It means you're doing a great job. Yes. So you are doing a remarkable job. Yes, you are. Okay? Okay. Teresa, what did we learn today? We have learned a lot today. I think so. We have learned that schedule changes uh, are normal and natural and very difficult to go through. Uh, We also learned we are not all having the same universal experience as parents. And so, you know, we want to thank Janet Stickman again for writing this and coming on to talk with us about it. And, of course, we'll link everybody up to the pieces. Um, And... Everybody, you are doing a really good job. This is hard. And uh, you're doing it. Good job. Teresa, you are doing a very good job. And I really like your pencil skirt. (laughs) Thanks, Biz. And, you know, I want you to really hear it when I say it. You're really doing a really good job. Okay, thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listener. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. 
One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bussin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bussin' by, not throw down mama blue. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.